Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Corner where we examine all things crime, whether it be on the page, on the screen, on the street, or in the courtroom. I'm Matt Coyle, author of the Rick Cahill Crime Series, and I'll be your host for as long as it takes. My guest tonight, Julie Slavinsky, is the director of events for Warwick's Bookstore in La Jolla. She has been in the book business for 16 years and has been Warwick's uh, director for 11 of those. I'm sorry, I've been at Warwick's for 11 of those and 10 of them as the director of events. She was born and raised in Los Angeles, has a Bachelor of Arts degree from San Diego State, where I went to for a year, and has called San Diego home since 1979. Her passion is reading and connecting readers and authors. Welcome, Julie. Thank you, Matt. I hope I'm not going to be interrogated too hard tonight. <laughs> well, actually, actually, maybe, because when you, uh, I was trying to get a bio for you, and you go, I have to do that? So I, I went on... Um, I went on LinkedIn and got what I could. And so the bio, and you did give me a bio, you came through. But the bio you gave me, um, it said, what it said, you have a Bachelor of Arts degree from San Diego State. But on LinkedIn, it said, you have a Bachelor of Art in Industrial Technology. And I wanted to know what that was. Oh, God, I hope my husband's not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> He's teased me about that degree for my entire life. I need to go in on, on LinkedIn and change that, obviously. I told you I hadn't looked at LinkedIn for – now it's probably more like 20 years, for God's sakes. Sounds very uh, impressive. I, I am a – let's put it this way. My first job out of college was for an electronics company. Mm. So, um, yeah, I was a whole different person back in those days. So I studied electronics was the emphasis wow. that I – yeah. They, they really tease me that. at the store. They tease me at the store and call me Radio Shack. So well, that puts a lot of pressure <laughs> on you too when something something goes wrong. Uh, my first uh, job out of college was washing dishes um, <laughs> with my with my English degree, which is pretty much what they're worth. Um, so <laughs> obviously Warwick's to pretty much anybody in anybody any author at least in Southern California is a very iconic bookstore. But how about telling our listeners a little bit about it. Okay, well, Warwick's is a fourth-generation um, family-owned independent bookstore. So while we're not the oldest bookstore in the country, we're the oldest continuously family-owned bookstore. So Nancy Warwick's great-great-grandfather started wow. this bookstore in 1896 in Minnesota and moved to La Jolla in the 30s. And we've actually been in the building that we're at right now since the 50s. And, um, yeah, and, you know, events have been a big part of Warwick's 
probably going back to, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. I mean, we've had iconic people come through that store. And it's uh, it's quite a legacy here in San Diego now. Absolutely. So before we get to the event stuff, uh, obviously a very difficult time for anybody in retail, anybody in any kind of business. But you guys seem to be at least close to thriving every time I go in there. How are things going? You know, it's going good. It's one of the things when the store, when, you know, when we went to the major shutdown that happened back in March and we stayed closed until the governor gave retail the um, chance to open. And so I think that was somewhere in the end of May, maybe. And so Nancy made the decision to open the doors uh, to the public, obviously with, you know, safety protocols in place, masks, social distancing, all of that. Because for anybody that's been to the store, you know that the other, well, and one of the things that makes Warwick's a little bit unique is we don't cross merchandise. So, and you notice that as soon as you come in the store, half of the store is strictly right. books. And the other side is, you know, gifts, jewelry, fine pens, office supplies. You know, it's, it's a thriving side of the store as well. Can't really sell that online. So um, it's got a whole different marketing to it. So she made the decision to open the doors and do that. And I think it was a really good decision because I think that the, the community in La Jolla especially was looking for um, some sort of normalcy, you know. Yeah. And, and I think that there was a comfort in being able to come to Warwick's. I will say that you definitely adhere to the uh, COVID guidelines because uh, about a month ago, I was down there and I had to wait outside because there were too many people in the store. And I asked the woman holding me out. I said, don't you know who I am? And she said, no. So that was it. She said, sorry about that, Matt. She said, she said, she said no. And billion, billions of others agreed. So, um, so COVID aside, I mean, like you mentioned, Warwick's has been, it's an independent bookstore. It's been mm-hmm. in business for over a hundred years or also close to a hundred years. How is how have you managed to do that? How has it managed to succeed against the big A and chains what are left of them? Well, I think that the you know, and, and there's probably others that can speak more succinctly to that than I can, but I think that a lot of it has to do with our position in the community. And the, you know, being a very iconic La Jolla store and the support that we get from our customers, I think, is in the village is, um, is, you know, there's nothing there's there's nothing to say to that except for our customers are what keep us there. And what we provide is that, you know, personal service. Um, you know, giving good recommendations, you know, as far as on the book side, just having that, that personal connection in the community. Um, but then, you know, from the business side of it, for who, who we are to the greater San Diego area is the events that we have, you know, and Absolutely. the people that we lure to San Diego, um, there's some pretty big names that we've hosted over the years. So I think that there's, you know, a combination of that local community, but also in a broader sense of who we bring um, to the store. I will say luring too, when you had um, Lou Bernie in a couple of years ago and uh, Don Winslow was interviewing him, there mm-hmm. were some author authors that I know from LA who made the drive down to LA. Cause I, I guess Lou wasn't doing anybody in LA. So, there you go. You, you got, you're known certainly throughout Southern California and greater, even you know throughout the states. Right. Um, so yeah. we will get down to your job finally. So um, this may be a stupid question, but what are your responsibilities as director of events? 
So my main responsibility is to bring authors to San Diego, connect them with their fans. So that's first and foremost what, you know, the job is. Now, that covers so many levels of what that actually is in communicating with publishers and authors. And my actual interface directly with authors is very limited. I mean, that's probably the least amount that I interface with. I interface mainly with publishers and publicity. Um, And that is, and so a lot of people think that, oh, I have all of this communication with authors and I really don't. Sometimes at, at, at events, I'll be with an author for the five minutes before they go on stage while they're doing the signing line and off they go. Um, and I'll have had no um, contact with them prior to that. So, um, so that's mainly, you know, so coordinating that and, and making sure that um, a Warwick's has a vibrant author program is my main responsibility. There's also uh, like, uh, do you delegate the prep things in the press, things online? Because, you know, San Diego Union Tribune, you guys are in there every week with upcoming events and your bestsellers and everything. Right. Um, the bestseller list, Adrian, our buyer, coordinates with the UT on, on getting our bestseller list out to them. And we do, uh, we have a, I'm the director of events. Amanda is our marketing coordinator and her and I are really the, the marketing, the, the team of the events team. So, um, I mean the, the center of the events team. So while I book the events, she does all of the press releases and does all of the online marketing. You know, she does all of that with all of the collateral that we get directly from the publishers. So we send to the UT every week, what our upcoming events are. And so they're, um, they're very generous with their, um, and we, you know, back in the day when we were actually doing live events pre COVID, um, we did a lot of advertising with the UT, but since it's just like the revenue stream from events is basically shriveled up since COVID. So hard for us to spend money on advertising right now. So, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. But so, say, pre-COVID uh, on a ballpark, um, what, how many events do you guys think you did a year? How many events do you think you did a year? Oh, we do three to five events a week. So that, yeah. um, you know, what's that, 150-ish, of, you know, 100 to 150 events a year. Um, sometimes more, sometimes less. Yeah. And we're kind of in the same, actually, since COVID, we're kind of in the same thing. We do virtual events almost, you know, Monday through Thursday, we're doing virtual events. Right. But you did touch on the point that, uh, I, you know, I've sort of noticed myself is that <laughs> I guess you just don't sell as many books. Um, no. Virtually. Yeah. Because there's not, not that personal, personal communication out there that can easily reach out and grab the book. They can't, they can't do their point where they walk up and talk to the author when he right. scribbles on the book. Um, yeah, that's, um, yeah. that connection that you have, it's really interesting because the, the, the virtual space in a very odd way is very intimate. There's a, there's an intimacy yes. to it that is really kind of, I found it really interesting, but there's nothing like being in the room with an author and having that, that personal connection. Um, right. and there is, you know, live events, no matter whether it's an author event or a music event or whatever it is, um, there's something that's special about that. And I think that, um, yeah, revenue is definitely not the same, not even close. And for, and for, for reader, you know, for, for readers, if they're there for the event, they're, they're readers and there's nothing like being in a bookstore. 
I mean, it's hard right. to walk out of a bookstore without buying a book or two right. or three. Right. And that's yeah. the thing is that there's there, and there's different kinds of events. There's the kind of events that are like the pop culture, you know, celebrity kind of events. Well, those really aren't necessarily your readers. You know what I mean? Those right. are people that want to come meet that celebrity. But for our bread and butter type of events that we have, you know, in the store, those are readers that are coming. Those are and we had regulars that came. Maybe not to every, but I was always surprised at some of our loyal customers that would come to, you know, depending on what the lineup was, I'd see them two or three times a week at the store. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. a dedication. And that's because there's just something about, you know, it's people who like to go to plays or people who like to go, you know, there's there's an entertainment factor of coming and hearing a, an author speak. And is that the competitive advantage? If you, have, you know, the one competitive advantage you have over online is that, you know, you're doing a service for the community, and I think that I know it is for me that I, I'm going to when I buy mystery, I'm going to go to you guys, or I'm going to go to Mysterious right. Galaxy. I'm going right. to I'm going to even though I might pay a little bit more. Uh, right. Um, I mean, that's you know, a, because, if you're if if, if and, and we recognize the fact that it's like if if you're if it's strictly a dollar matter that you've got, yeah, there's cheaper places to find books. There's no question right. about that. But the experience of coming into a bookstore, talking to a bookseller, your discovery of a book is not nearly the same experience online as it is inside a bookstore. Um, the, the, the browsing and, the, and what gets recommended to you and the algorithms are just, you know, it's, it's just not the same. And once you connect with somebody at a bookstore that has like taste in you, what you like, um, that's a great experience. And I have customers, I haven't been on the floor for as far as regularly since I first started at Warwick's, but I still mm. have customers that come in and ask for me because we made a connection and they like what I read and they're like, Julie, what should I read next? You know? Right. So, um, yeah. You know, and that Definitely. is what we bring in. And, and, you know, we, you know, while we are a community hub, we're not subsidized by any, you know, we're not a library that's subsidized by the government or so, you know, our subsidy is our customers. And so our customer relationship is what we rely on. And you have a great staff there too. Really good staff. Yeah. Um, but there are, you know, I, there are costs associated to putting on a signing because yours are always done except for the, the uh, local author Sunday where the author just sits in the middle of the floor mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's always after hours. You're having mm-hmm. to pay employees. So there has to be, I'm guessing, some sort of criteria for you to choose. And I'm talking, you know, my listeners are basically mid-listers. Um, mm-hmm. There has to be some sort of criteria you look at, like, well, does it make sense for this to bring this particular person in? Right. And that's, you know, it's – here's the thing. And what I'm talking about is strictly the way that Warwick says it. I can't – you know, every independent bookstore is different, and they all have their own way of doing things. But um, – you know, and there's really not one way that uh, author gets booked into the store. And that's the, it's, it's kind of, and I know that's a frustrating answer to give to people who are like, oh, how do I get into a bookstore for an event? But there's so many different avenues and different things that go into it. There's, you know, timing's a huge one. But, you know, yeah, it's, you know, we're a business. We have to, you know, if I'm, gonna t- if I'm doing, let's say, three to five events a week, there's way more books than that that are published <laughs> in, that, you know, in that time period. So I have to be selective on, you know, who do I think is going to come to the store? Are these people going to buy books? 
Um, how many other events locally is that author having? Um, yes. So there's a lot of things that go into, you know, some authors think that, oh, if I have a ton of events, that's more business. And it's like, well, there's, there's that. But from the store perspective, it's like that means that there's less of a buying chance for the store, for people to have purchased the book from that particular store. So, um, yeah, I take all of that into consideration, you know. And if you're talking about, you know, one of the things, Matt, you've been a customer of Warwick's for how many years? <laughs> you know, uh, 50 Right. So you're an you're a truly active customer. You know, there's lots of authors that really aren't our customer, you know. And so there's there's so there's that that plays a factor into it. Um yeah. you know, how active are you at supporting us as a business? Um is a huge thing. But it really comes down to it's like, okay, okay, so you want to have an event here, that's fantastic. How many people do you think are going to come? Okay? You think you've got 20 or 30 people that'll come to the store. Of those, how many do you think are going to buy a book? 10 and so yeah. that's is 10 books enough for me to do because when we were doing advertising we paid for the advertising in the union tribune it's staffing we pay after hours it's a marketing person that's marketing it and keep in mind too the store is like is real estate so and yeah. we're not well we're a pretty decent sized store we're not a huge store every inch of that store is worth money you know, and so I have to make a decision to promote this particular book over another book while it sits in the window and does that, you know. So there's all those factors that go into it. Um, I'll say so that I, as a local author, when my first book came out yesterday's echo, I had to pay my dues and I did the uh, local author uh, event mm-hmm. on, a Sunday, on a Sunday and I made mm-hmm. sure that people came and I made sure – and I think it's for a local San Diego author, when your first book comes out, you're probably going to have a lot of people want to buy that book. So if you, if you do a local event, you know, and you sell a lot of books at that, at that local book author Sunday deal, you're probably going to be able to get on, uh, you know, a nighttime gig the next year, right. you know, you're Correct. showing the numbers. Correct. Um, and that's, and that's the thing is that it's, it really does come down to that. And it comes down to, you know, and it's a relationship thing too. With with people who live locally, you know, um, and you and I have a, I think we have a great relationship, and it's like, yeah, Matt, we're doing it, you know. And some years yep. are going to be better than others, and sometimes it's going to be, you know, we always. It's not strictly about the dollars, but it that's a huge factor to it, you know. Relationships are super important too. Yeah, I think that's important for and and obviously if you're if you're talking about a local story, it's easier to make those relationships, but. It has to, you have to make them with uh, other stores you go to, you're planning on doing a tour or two, and, you know, it it helps to reach out and build a relationship. Um, It does, and and the thing, too, to keep in mind is that it's, you know, for example, if you were going to try and do an event, like let's say you're going to Colorado or you're going to drive through, you know, it's like you want to set up an event there. If you can tell that store, hey, I'm going to be coming through, you know, and, and here's the other thing, timing is a huge thing, and And the business is such that we usually book things right around publication date. So because there are so many things that are being published out there that we have to kind of have that. You're talking about a criteria. That's sort of one that we're like right near that pub date. So if you're out there, you know, trying to book another store and you're doing it, if you tell that events person, hey, I'm coming in, I've got friends from high school that are going to come, you know, I've got some local people that'll spread the word for me, blah, blah, blah. All of that helps your case 
as far as being able to get into the store. Because I have people that do that all the time because San Diego is a huge destination for, for right. vacationing. So I have a lot of authors that maybe don't have the publisher publicity working for them. And so mm-hmm. they'll reach out directly. And, you know, sometimes I can fit them in the schedule. Sometimes I can't. It just really depends. So what would be a kind of a baseline? You've you got your launch coming up. You, you want to make San Diego your destination, one of your destinations. You want to make Warwick's the destination in San Diego. How soon in advance should someone contact you or someone else at Warwick's? You know, they know when their book's going to launch. When should they call you? Oh, at least three, three to six months in advance. Three to six, yeah. Yeah, three to six. If you if you're doing it, you know, sometimes I book things shorter than that, but minimally, minimally, it's a three month window. Um, right. You know, because we have to. I'm booking things out right now for you know April, May, June is where I'm working right now. Um, it's a little different in the virtual world. We can do things a little bit quicker, but yeah. um, but for right now, you know, it's it's really that two months is pretty much the bare minimum. I've squeezed, you know, I've squeezed some things in shorter than that. If it's like, you know, if Hillary Clinton wants to come, <laughs> yeah. we squeeze that in. We figure out how to do that in 10 days, which is, I think, right. the amount of notice that we have. <laughs> uh, well, my next is November 30th. So uh, mark me down, please. Okay. Um, we got gotcha. you. We got gotcha. So when you mentioned Hillary Clinton, it made me think of some of the off uh, location events you do where you have to rent out. Mm-hmm. Rent out uh, huge um, arena or something like that. How does that work? What's, what's the break even on that? Because I assume that when you're doing those events that you got to pay some upfront money. Well, that's where community relationships come into play. Ah. And so there are, yes, there are times where we've had to rent a venue and they're not cheap. The big venues are not cheap. And so that's where, you know, sometimes people get frustrated that we have to ticket events, but it's like, you know, we're not, like I said earlier, we're not being subsidized by anybody. So we have to cover costs. And you have a book that is $25 and you have a venue that seats 200 people and it, they charge you $3,000 for that venue. You're not going to make any, you know, it's, (laughs) it's a tough one. So I've created and and fostered some wonderful relationships in the San Diego area. And there's a kind of a quid pro quo that goes along with it, where it's like the venue wants to host and have their name associated with that author. So they come on as a quote partner. So it's kind of like having a sponsorship sort of thing. And so they come on as the partner and we get to use the venue. And so um, that's how we've been able to secure some of those locations, which is fantastic. And they've gotten the opportunity to, you know, host some, you know, big names that they may not have had the opportunity to do. Sonia Sotomayor is one of the, one of the key ones. And that's what Mm -hmm. actually started our relationship down at USD, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think I think when we first brought that brought that uh, possibility to them, I think they looked at us and said, you know, here we're this little bookstore in San Diego, and you're bringing us a sitting justice. Right. <laughs> it's like yes, we are. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, just to help you guys out with it, not having to do a ticketed event, I have capped my readership at a certain level, so you don't have to worry about that when I do events. <laughs> You just like after that hundred person, it's it. You're done. Yeah, I just try to I try to make it easy. Okay, so, so we can fit them in the store. Right. 
Um, although I've been close. I've been close to busting the store out. Um, you have. No, you've got a, you have great events at the store. And that's the thing that makes it fun. I mean, when, when we have events like yours that there's such a great community that supports you, those are some of the most fun events to have because it's people who are excited to be there and they're excited to um, support you. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are some really fun events. San Diego has been unbelievably good to me from the book yeah. first readers to the San Diego Union Tribune. I'm very fortunate that way. Oh, um, you're a good guy, Matt. It's, it's, that's okay. the other thing that I think that people have to realize too, is that um, it is about relationships and it is about people like to work with good people. You know what I mean? They like to work with nice yeah. people. And so if, you know, if you come at us, with this expectation and this entitlement kind of thing, we kind of get a little prickly, you know? Um, And sometimes people, and I think sometimes, and and I know this is very frustrating. And one of the things that I want to say out to your, to anybody who's listening to this, it's a huge accomplishment writing any book. I mean, you've written quite a few just to write one is gigantic Mm -hmm. and not everybody can do that. And, and so we recognize that, that that's a huge accomplishment. But there comes a thing, too, though, that unfortunately we don't have the time or capacity to host every single person that right. has written a book. And so we do our best to um, – and that's why we do the San Diego Authors thing, the Weekends with Locals, is because we recognize that there needs to be a place for people that we can't fit into the normal schedule. Right. That is a great event. That really opens things up, too. It really does. Yeah, uh, it and helps the, people to, you know, you know, it helps people to, um, you know, because here's the thing. It's like, and one of the things that I think people have to realize is that there are different levels of, you know, all of this. It's, it's, and it's business, you know. It's, right. we, you know, and it's, it just comes down to it's a business. And it's not a big time suck for the um, attendees because you just walk, you see the author, you you buy a book, he signs it, and you go on your way. Right. And you can talk for as long, you know, you can talk for as long or as little as you want with that person. And so I think it's a very good, it's a great entry into, um, and, you know, and here's the thing, too, and I know you've talked to enough enough authors. Everybody kind of pays their dues in that kind of role. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The Robert Craze, I talked to John Grisham over the summer and you know he remembers the day when he would sit in a bookstore and four people would walk up to it you know what I mean so so there's a there's a there's a little bit of not paying dues but sort of that you know there there is a little bit of that yeah um you you did segue into uh one of the questions I wanted to ask which is what are some of the mistakes writers make in maybe you said don't be a jerk which is I really no, honestly, it really is, it really is so important. Maybe after you you know you've made your bones and you can afford to piss people off, but when right. you're when you're trying to gain readership and bookstores to support you, God, put on the fake. Be be genuine. You can put it on. I mean, I'm yep. not very nice. I'm not a very friendly nice guy, but I can put it on for an hour or so, a couple hours. Right. Right. And it's genuine. Well, it's think, genuine I at the time. If you, you want to get into a bookstore, the key thing is is that, you know be nice to the booksellers. You know, these are minimum wage people that are standing on their feet eight hours a day, you know, talking books. It's like, so if you want to, you know, being, if you want a bookseller to promote your book, be nice to the booksellers. Um, That's a, that's just one-on-one, you know what I mean? 
Um, and and keeping that foremost, for, first and foremost in, in, in mind. And when you're at a book event, and if you've booked an event at a store and there aren't very many people who've come, the bookstore is just as nervous as you are about who's going to attend. You know what I mean? And then who's going to yeah. show up. And, and they've put in, you know, they've promoted it. They've done everything they can. And they're feeling just as bad as, <laughs> as anybody that, you know, oh, God, sorry, nobody came. But building relationships with booksellers is huge. Um, but, you know, and like when, when you asked about, um, you know, what I do and how I do it, like I said earlier, I really don't deal with authors that often. And so it's if you nice don't people. have <laughs> they're very nice. But I deal with mainly publicists and publicity. And I'm not saying to go out and hire a private publicist because that's not actually what is that's not where your money is best spent. If your publisher um doesn't have a publicity team, um you're probably better off doing it yourself versus hiring a public a private publicist. Personally. That's just my opinion. Uh, I agree. I agree for book events for sure. And, you know, I yeah. get, but play by the rules. If they, if, if the, if the events coordinator does not want, doesn't generally want to talk to authors and, and you don't talk to them, but if they do, you build a, you build a nice relationship. Right. It's going to help you over the years. It's going to help it does. you. And, and, and it's, time. you know, and because there's so many different facets to this, this business, you know, there's not one way of getting an agent. There's not one way of selling your book. There's not one way of, you know, booking an event. So there's so many different, and a lot of it, truthfully, Matt, has, comes down to timing. There's some times where yeah. it's like I'll get, you know, and I, an email will pop in, and I'll be like, oh, I got nothing going on that month. This one sounds good. Let's let's take a chance and do it. You know, yeah. some of it's just that, you know. Um, you mentioned you were talking about. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go. No, about um, you know booksellers. If the if the event is not well attended, you feel badly. The author feels badly. I always feel that it's my, it's at least my 50% responsibility, and I actually think more of my responsibility to get readers into the bookstore. It doesn't matter what state we're in. We're all on Facebook. We can all find ways to penetrate certain geographical areas. I really feel responsible for getting, and I, when there, we don't, have, when there's not a good crowd, I apologize. Um, but here's something else. Here's something else. Uh, go ahead. I, I cut it off. You no, you go. That's it's true though. No, go go with your thought though. But that is true. Well. You know, here's the thing that I've noticed, and I don't know how it, um, you know, I know how I do Warwick's, but well, I go to uh, like Poison Pen every year, of course not this year, and Murder by the Book in Houston, and I don't have many people there. Like I have a mm-hmm. friend in Houston that will show up with her friends, and mm-hmm. I'm usually with a couple other authors by at, at Poison Pen, but they sell my, like we did with four or five books that night or maybe less, but they'll sell my books throughout the year. Correct. And I think that's part of the relationship thing where, you know, if you can write first, write a good book. And if you go yep. to the events um, and show that, you, you know, you're supporting the bookstore and you, ha- you have a, a fan in the bookstore, I think it's it, the benefit of doing events is um, I think it carries it's out huge. throughout the year. Yeah, it, it absolutely carries out throughout the year. There's no question about that. And that is the residual effect of having an event. It's not all just about yes there's some that it's about the sales that have happened that night but right. you want that book to have legs and it, you know it comes down to it's got to be a good book it's got to be compelling yeah. enough for you know people to want to read it and then read the next one um so that's you know that's a give or take and that's a, that's a personal you know decision on the customer's part but that's what events are for 
events are for that, you know, relationship with the bookstore, with the booksellers. Um, you know, there's probably a bookseller at Poison Pen that recommends your books to people, you know, that you don't even know that it's happening. Um, you know, and that is the, the, there again is what we have over just online shopping um, in that you, you know, you build that relationship. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.